Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. And welcome back. Our special guest today is Dr. Sum Rakshit. He is the co-founder and CEO of the award-winning sexual health company, Mystery Vibe. Their mission is to make sexual health accessible to all across all ages, genders and orientations. Uh, In his role as CEO of Mystery Vibe, he focuses on pushing the boundaries on R&D, customer experience and supporting their long-term goal of making sexual health an integral part of our overall health. Sum passionately believes that by empowering people with actionable knowledge and purposeful innovation is the way to make this happen. He built his or he sold, built and sold his first startup in the defense electronics by age 26, and he's won 20 plus international design awards for his product designs. His his reach is over 20,000, and he'd be happy to let his network know that you listen in. Oh, I can't wait. So welcome, Dr. Sum. Thank you so much for having me. So today we're here to talk about the top five tips for consistent and meaningful growth. So kick us off. Tip number one, what have you got? Yeah, so I've thought about this quite a lot because the past 10 years, our focus has been bringing together medics, engineers, uh, researchers, and and of course, users and patients to create devices which actually help <clears throat> really make a difference. So one of the things I thought of, the main thing, is connected independence. So what I mean by that is what I've uh, learned from the past decade is if you create a workplace culture where team members across all the different parts of the business are connected, they share learnings, they discuss ideas, but at the same time, they have complete independence and ownership of their work. So I find that fosters much faster innovation and growth um, without getting uh, bogged down by having to do, having too many people trying to do one thing. So you have one person leading and often coming up with the idea, executing the idea, but then sharing both from a let's tell others what we're doing, but also let's ask others for help and advice. Um, but ultimately, they're the owners. They're fully independent. Um, they can totally ignore the advice and go their way, or they can take on the advice. They can share. Others can take some lessons from that or not. So it's, it's that um, mixture of everybody's connected, but everybody's independent at the same time. So I think that embracing connected independence is my first tip. Okay. So does that mean that that team members, I mean, I mean, and, and, and obviously as your organization grows, it becomes more complex, but team members are empowered to, to drive their own processes, obviously within a greater corporate culture. How do you marry those two? Now, this actually, I have to say, I borrowed um, from uh, Amazon, for example, Amazon and Apple, where they are very keen that you don't have a lot of people in a meeting, for example. Um, in fact, there's a rule, which is uh, a no pizza rule, um, which is one level higher than a one pizza rule. Because uh, traditionally, it was, you know, if one pizza, one pizza should be enough to feed a meeting. <laughs> and, then, and then the, the level above that is no pizza rule which says don't have a meeting unless you're absolutely desperately 
can justify that you really need to have a meeting so um it's uh i mean you know it's it, there's a balance between the two but i find that um the more independence you give people uh, with the right tools and the support the faster you see innovation and especially if you're trying to create something which doesn't exist because it's not something you can discuss in a committee to come up with but it's okay. something and especially you know my my background being a researcher um the best work i've done is sitting in my lab late at night and you know being left on my own to research um so i i find especially in our world where innovation is everything where uh you know really thinking where can we push the boundaries and how can we uh create uh, things that don't exist which marry together a lot of things and which is where the connected bit comes in is where we get feedback and input from various parts of the world various um uh, disciplines various experts and then you need that space and time on your own to digest that so so i'm curious so um you mentioned sitting on your own you know coming up with ideas so i get that um i'm guessing that's an introverted process and then you you have to share those ideas which which becomes an extroverted process how how easy is that to do um in a large organization yeah. i think some people would would maybe find trouble with that um so from a large organization perspective it's probably a bit more complicated for us uh we have a all hands uh meeting once a week uh but we keep it really short 15 how many minutes. pizzas <laughs> sorry uh, should <laughs> in our case uh all hands but that's why we keep it to 15 minutes max yeah 15 minutes 15 um, minutes okay yeah 15 minutes um everyone is on the call uh everyone talks for maybe one or two minutes to share the highlights something they want to share this it's not about metrics it's not about um you know uh talking what they have achieved it's about this is the thing i've learned this week or this is the thing i have done that i want everyone to know and this uh, this is the best customer feedback of this week this is the best doctor feedback of this week um this is a cool uh product we came across we love um this is the we've decided we're going to work on this next product um so that's the bit where we get to share without um you know there's no action there's no uh nothing to do as a result of that call beyond just listening and talking for the one minute and the thing that we have and we've been doing it for years uh, and what we love about that is people get to understand uh and see the progress in different departments which they might never work in so for example the engineering department might be working on a new material research which the finance department would never interact with otherwise um so so we we love doing that now how would you do that at a corporate level i guess um there have to be uh there have to be like a pyramid where um the execs discuss the distilled points and share between each other at their level then within each department managers discuss but they will it's very unlikely there will be an overlap and that is probably the biggest 
disadvantage of being too big is it is almost impossible to link let's say a material research and accounting to be in one call that's fantastic i mean so now we've embraced connected independence hit us up with a tip number 2 for consistent and meaningful growth so um the next piece um that i was thinking again about uh, in the past decade is purposeful innovation um i'll give you a really simple example so when we first started we worked on induction charging and this is 10 years ago and it wasn't really a thing no one talked about it uh none of the phones had it um but we thought from a tech perspective it's very advanced it's very cool you know you, you can have a fully sealed product with no wires um you know what's not to love however what we missed was the point about usability a lot of our users you know like with prostate cancer menopause etc are in their 60s 70s 80s even and um you know we started getting feedback saying oh it doesn't charge so we said oh you know let's help you explain you know how it works and then they said oh it's wireless so put the charger on one side put the device on one side and it <laughs> didn't work right but that's something to an engineer seems obvious but to someone who's never ever come across this technology 10 years ago no one talked about it and when you say wireless you just assume it's wireless right not that you have to actually place it on top so the and what we did then is in the next version we made it usb because and we've never ever had a customer complain after interesting so, yeah yeah and what i learned from that being a very technical person who loves the latest gadgets what i learned from that is the the key is making it easy for the user having you know a purpose which solves something significant in in our case you know whether it's uh, help with prostate help with menopause help with erection whatever it is something really purposeful and really user friendly usability uh, ease of use um accessibility you know like bigger buttons so when we first started we had uh, buttons you can't really see they were completely flush really slick very smooth but then we started having um feedback saying you know um, my fingers shake or i'm not very good with um pressing things can you make it easier so we made this much bigger clicky buttons now so so yes originally it looked sexier right very sleek um touch um interface but it doesn't but now people find it easier so the thing for me with innovation is uh, how do we make it really one solve significant challenges significant problems so you know hone in on topics that matter uh like pelvic pain after child but 86% of women have it you know really significant topic how do we solve it and if we can solve it is it going to change people's lives um that's purposeful innovation and then the innovation is truly usable usability driven where it's not just about let's put in the latest tech but it's about let's make it incredibly easy to use for all kinds of people whether um they're young or old uh, different genders different orientations how do you make it super easy so that's that's my tip number 2 it kind of links back to number 1 in some ways isn't it that connected 
independence. It's sort of uh, one feeds off the other, almost like bringing the customer on the journey, but taking the journey to the customer or I don't know, it, it all connects, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. It's uh, it's such, so we actually run a program called Pilot 1000 for all of our products. And uh, what it does, it, it creates, so we build 1000 units by hand in our lab, the first 1000. Um, we ship them out to uh, the first 1000 customers. We then get feedback uh, from them on, you know, I like this, I don't like this, you know, can you change this? Then we go into mass production and make it uh, so the whole process takes a year, uh, so it adds wow. an additional year to the product development, but it's totally worth it. Right. Okay, well then move us on now to tip number three for consistent and meaningful growth. So the uh, next thing I was going to talk about is continuous learning and continuous improvement. And I think this is key both as a company and as individuals because we are also responsible for the future of all of our um, employees and all of our team members, because, um, you know, we don't assume that when you work in a startup, you expect that to be your lifetime job and retire at 65. We expect that you, there's a reason why you join a startup. You want to learn as much as possible, and maybe you want to start your own thing next. So a big part of our goal with our team members beyond um, you know, what they do in their work and training them for that is understanding what they want to do next, you know, in say five years, 10 years, whenever that is that they want to um, go to their next journeys and how can we help with that? So a big part of that is uh, constantly looking and finding the new technologies, the and existing capabilities, learning new skills, and always staying on top of the game. So the what we mean by that is, a good example is AI. Obviously, everyone talks about AI at the moment, but the question is, what is the right application of AI for our different teams, for our product development, for our coding, for our marketing, for our content, um, for our finance? And really getting deep into it, talking to the right experts, understanding what it is that we can apply today what it is what is it that we should prepare for a year five years down the line um and then how do we train our team individually so that they get on top of this um and wherever whatever they do next first how they can uh, make their lives easier and better working in mystery five but whatever they do next in five ten years that they are fully prepared to take on the AI-rich world that we are going towards. So that's just a very simple example of how do we uh, emphasize on continuous learning and staying on top of the latest tech, especially being an R&D company. You talk about yourself as a startup. Um, I know that's a kind of weird question, but I thought it was, you know, um, um, many years old already, 10 years plus old. Um, yes. That's interesting that you still see yourself as a startup. Always. Okay. I feel like uh, have, having been in corporate before, I feel like if we don't stay scrappy, you know, which is our way of thinking, what is a startup is a scrappy. Uh, if we don't say scrappy, we will become slow. We won't be agile, you know. So um, we want to, in our mind, be startup people, even 10 years in, 
Um, and I think um, the Netflix founder said it really well. I think even when he retired after 30 years or 40 years, he's like, in my mind, I'm Netflix is a startup um, because there's no other way to think about it. And because th- the minute you start thinking it's a corporate, you've already lost the edge. You know, then you think about um, process and committees rather than about innovation. So um, I hope that I would always like to think and run our business as a scrappy startup um, whose only goal is solving problems, you know, not worry about uh, setting up committees and, and, you know, have lots of meetings. That's a fantastic approach and saves you a lot on pizzas. Um, okay, yeah. so talking of pizzas um, and meetings, what is your tip number four? Um, actually, very related to the question you just asked is foster a flat organizational structure. Um, and that's, again, another thing I value very much about being a scrappy startup is the it's important that every team member feels valued and their voice is heard. But equally, it's really important that they have the independence, which goes back to point number one, they have the independence that they can actually start something, execute something and take credit for that thing and have that ability. So obviously, it makes it very easy to collaborate, innovate, communicate, but also it makes it very easy for people to uh, shine. And um, and a flat structure means uh, something as simple as uh, not worrying about being brutal with your feedback with someone who is your boss or your boss's boss, because that is the only way um, the senior people will learn. Because if, and especially in a smaller company where there's not that many people, um, if the junior people don't, let's say they sugarcoat their words to please the senior people, the senior people will assume everything is great. So a flat organizational structure allows for someone who's just joined, let's say as a graduate, to point out, oh, why do you do it this way? It doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, And have that um, comfort and security that that will be appreciated, not frowned upon. So um, yeah, again, going back to scrappy setup. Yeah. Okay. Well, bring us home now. Tip number five, um, what have you got? Tip number five, I think, summarizes, uh, you know, kind of all the things I was talking about is focus on actionable advice. Uh, and, you know, like talking about these things, I always try to think of real things we've done, examples and why it matters, uh, both in business and in life. Uh, be very practical when providing guidance, which are very easy to follow and implement. And uh, And I'll give you a really simple example. So a lot of the f- questions we get from our customers is about uh, talking about sexual health with their partners. So, so let's say couples who've been married for 30 years and maybe, you know, after childbirth or after menopause, um, the sex has disappeared. And which is really our core goal is how can we help with pain? How can we help with arousal? How can we help with erections? How can we help you, you know, have sex again? Um, so that side is the innovation side and medical research, which is fine. But the other side, which is much less talked about, is how do you introduce that into the bedroom? So let's say you found a solution, you found a solution for menopausal dryness and you want to use that with your partner. But the question is, you haven't really talked about sex for 10 years. How do you even 
start their conversation. So this is where actionable advice is so key. So what we then say is, um, whatever, you know, you know, let's say they want to talk about introducing uh, erectile dysfunction, okay, erection issues and a device for that. So we say, uh, so let's say you're in um, New York and say, so here's an article in New York Times about um, uh, uh, how devices can help with um, couples, you know, quite soft doesn't have to say the word erectile dysfunction because that can be uh, complicated. Um, why don't you share this with your partner? Because it's a very legitimate newspaper. They will not think you're being silly or frivolous and say, hey, look, I found this article and it's very interesting. Um, then you see what your partner reacts. If she says, oh, this is really interesting. Let's explore more. Then you know that she is keen to solve this um, then here's and the next step you know next article next thing to do and then step by step so the content we write on our website is very much like this it's very actionable advice bullet points um you know step by step mm -hmm. uh, and 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 we and we see real results you know we see we get feedback from couples who've been together for 30 years and they say you know we feel like we're back in our honeymoon days again um just because we had that conversation and now we are, uh, in, you know, being intimate with each other again. So, so that's what well, that would be my, you know, final point. And probably the most important thing we do as a company is give people actionable advice. So you mentioned your website. Uh, I, I went and had a look at the website. In fact, before we we started the uh, the podcast interview, bit of research, and I, I did, there is a lot of good actionable advice there. I you know I heartily endorse those people who are listening and and the website of course is mysteryvibe.com so uh heartily suggest that you go and have a look there's a lot of good stuff there um dr sum if our listeners would like to get in touch with you and find out more about what you do the work that your organization does or maybe talk to you about how to create consistent and meaningful growth in their company what's the best way for them to do that oh they could just email me Som, S-O-U-M, at mysteryvibe.com. Thank you very much, Dr. Som, for the conversation. It's been fascinating, and I love this scrappy startup. I think that's uh, uh, 10 years in there, a lot, a lot of founders who wouldn't see themselves as scrappy startups. So that, that's very inspirational. Uh, thank you to my co-host, Lindsay Adams from Brisbane, Australia. This is Rail Bricker signing off from Perth, Western Australia for another edition of the Top 5 Podcast. Thank you so much.